Hi, I'm Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Today we have Nicole Small, who is the vice chair of the Detroit Charter Commission, and Brenda Hill, who is running for the State House 10th District in Redford in Detroit, who was told that she won the race, to, and later she is now not the winner, and she thinks that there was some foul play and some fraud, and we're going to dive into all of that. You never know who you're going to see. I'd be one guy one-on-one -on -one my whole career. It's timing. It's right for time. the clinching goal to bring the trophy <laughs> right. back. What you're going to hear. You got a lot of desperate people in the city. They're desperate because they don't have opportunity. Or what they've got to say. When you can take people inside of a crime, show them things they wouldn't normally see. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what you're going to hear on my podcast, Open Mic. Find it where you find your podcasts. Ladies, thank you to uh, thank you for coming to Open Mic. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So let's you know this is a crazy story. It's all over the news, uh, Brenda. Um, but I think you should probably you know tell us tell us what happened. What what tell us what happened. Um, first of all, uh, the presumptive winner, but I've won, uh, was never even in the conversation as the, um, as the campaign went on, never in the conversation. Actually, I questioned if she even came in number three, she was not in the conversation that much. She did not run a campaign. She readily admits she was out of, she didn't campaign for most of June. June is when the first set of absentee ballots went out. Uh, so, you know, campaigns have two sections. You, the first part, you, you're running for the absentee ballots that usually go out 45 days before the election. And then your second half of the campaign, you're campaigning for those who go election day. But during COVID, um, so many ballots were sent out by the Secretary of State. You really had to run a um, dual campaign the whole time, election day and um, absentee this go around. Uh, that meant that you usually uh, uh, pay attention to the most li likely voters. We had to pay attention to every voter this time. So I was on the streets all the time, dropping lit, dropping lit, all every day, all day every day and I never saw that person I barely saw any signs until the three weeks before the election there was no sign of her what was the name of this woman you saying I get to say it yes is it miss is it um, uh, is it Mary Kavanaugh yes okay part of the Kavanaugh clan so Mary Kavanaugh C is not just for Kavanaugh it's for cheetah corruption Okay, <laughs> so uh, let's bring Nicole Small in. Now you're a citywide elected official. You're the vice chair of the Detroit Charter Commission. What does what your job entail at the Detroit uh, Charter Commission? Uh, right now we are revising the charter, so we are going to be changing what government looks like and how it operates. Uh, right now we operate under districts. There are some pro proposals on the table for us to possibly go back to at-large instead of having city council districts. Uh, the structure of the police commission can possibly change. Also, the powers uh, that the executive branch with the mayor has could possibly change and it could actually lean more towards the legislative branch which means council will in turn have a little bit more power okay so why are you here um with 
with Brenda Hill. What what do you think happened in, in this district race? Well, first of all, not only am I a supporter of Brenda Hill, but I'm a constituent. I'm a resident in District 10. So it's really important to me that we ensure that at this, all levels of government, but especially at the state level, that we have someone to advocate for even the least of us. Uh, for our interests, we see and a lot of things take place in the last couple of years, not only with insurance for Detroiters, but also when we talk about uh, these brownfields and these tips being given to these multimillionaires and billionaires and the communities get zero return on their investment. So Brenda Hill is a candidate I trust. She's been a fighter for the people prior to uh, even running for office. Actually, I was one of the people who pushed her and encouraged her to run. So uh, around, I don't know, maybe 6.30 in the morning, I woke up the day after election day. I looked at the numbers. Brenda Hill was still in the lead. Uh, but you couldn't wait because all of the precincts had not been counted for all of Wayne County. Right. And so around before 12, it um, the Wayne County website said that all of the precincts for 100%. Wayne County had been counted. So at that time, we knew that Brenda Hill had won. She had a sizable lead uh, to number two candidate. And then the number three candidate uh, was Mary Cavanaugh. Around 145, I noticed numbers changing. And then I went back to the city's website. None of those numbers changed for the city of Detroit. So it only had to be referred. Around two or hour later, 245, there was a surge of votes that came in and it took the number three candidate who had the Brenda had a far lead over her, took the number three candidate and made her number one. They found thirty eight hundred votes for this candidate. And I'm going to tell you something. I have been to several election commission meetings over the years. I've been to several Wayne County Board of Canvassers meetings, which is actually the entity that certifies the elections for all of Wayne County. I've never seen that number of ballots to come in after all of the precincts have been counted. While keep in mind, you get a few here and there, especially with write-in candidates, and maybe a few ballots may 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 come up, but to have almost 4,000 ballots and to go to a candidate that I know for a fact wasn't visible in Rufford, nor was she really visible in Detroit. I live in one of the highest voting precincts right. in this district. Never saw her. Never saw her, never received a robocall. But what I did receive was a mailer, which was less than five days prior to the election. Again, which, which means that the absentee ballots, the initial absentee ballots that went out about June 20th, mm-hmm. she was not even a part of. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't, you weren't a part of the first set of absentee ballots. How now did you get more absentee ballots and those that they found right before? And needless to say, um, this was the next day. This was not election day. This was Wednesday at three o'clock. This was not Tuesday. Wayne, uh, Oakland County counted over 50,000 ballots and were done by five o'clock election day. We're talking about a tiny town uh, that's never been a major player in this uh, house district before. And now they've come and took down uh, Detroit. It's never, it's never been And point out that absentee ballots, uh, because they come in prior to election day, they actually can start to be counted at 7 a.m. on election day when the polls open. So you mean to tell me that a township who only had a small section 
of this entire township. You couldn't count those ballots in a timely manner at 2.30 in the morning. I understand that there were still some people at the clerk's office counting ballots. So there's no way that it should have taken them until 3 o'clock the next day to count these ballots. So there's a lot of little things here, mm-hmm. and, and they all adding up. But yeah. what happened? July 22nd, a Wayne County judge issued a restraining order against Redford Township clerk garth christie and the staff forced them to leave the office that day and barred them from working during the primary what happened with that well um uh, another trustee uh said that they were bullying and there were some racial issues with them ding 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 (laughs) and they were removed um is mary kavanaugh is that her name mary kavanaugh yeah, and her mother is, is she the, white. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I I don't know her. Um, I, okay. Well, she's the granddaughter of James Kavanaugh, who was the mayor of Detroit during the riots, and the father of Phil Kavanaugh, who had this seat before. So she's a she's a part of a political machine that didn't do anything. Okay, so that was a that was something different. Had nothing to do with you. What's this no. de- deputy deputy clerk Tina Rikau right. said? at the time that more than 2,000 ballots were compromised yes. because somebody went in our office and gained access to keys at the ballot box. That's right. When was that? That was sometime within the two and a half first days. Of the of, election? Of, the, of, the, of them being removed. So the superintendent oh. of Redford actually, so the TRO was issued, mm-hmm. so the judge put in a restraining order and removed the clerk and the deputy clerk out of the office. Did you guys have anything to do with that lawsuit? No, no. Okay. no, th- no. This was all, this, <laughs> this is internal from Redford, yeah. and this has been yeah. going on for some time. So they had already received, I'm just trying to get my facts straight, okay. they had already received lots of absentee ballots on yes. July 22nd. Yes. When the judge says, get out of the office. Yes. So who came in to help so Redford? So the superintendent for Redford actually identified a person who works in another department, not in the clerk's office, had them sworn in and said that they will now take over. So what the deputy clerk actually witnessed is whoever this person is, that they will not reveal their identity. They will not tell us what department that they previously worked in uh, before being the interim staff person, which we question because yes. we have a feeling that person might work for Lillian Kavanaugh, Mary Kavanaugh's daughter. But with that said, this person had keys to the office and access to the ballot box. Now, these are the ballot bins which are supposed to remain secure until Election Day. This person dumped the ballot bins, which were over 2,000 ballots, and then they did it without any witnesses at yes. all. I'm going to tell you, even in the city of Detroit, the, our clerk, Janice Winfrey, we've never heard of her Absolutely emptying not. ballot bins uh, without a witness at all. And, and you also have to be authorized to do that. And, and so they already had this um, TRO in place. So you would have thought they were extra careful about following the process. How are they so haphazardly, haphazardly handling uh, absentee ballots? Plus, we got the coronavirus going on and the secretary of state sending um uh, applications out to everyone who's a registered voter so they should have been more careful about what was going on so this township uh redford township superintendent diane webb um who's the person you you just mentioned she's standing by the election as of right now Well, well what does she have to do with it I don't know. Right. But she's Why is setting, she the she's putting out, she's put, well, that's what you said. You, I don't know. I, I don't understand the how these things. Clerk, the be- deputy clerk was actually removed. And right. the deputy clerk is saying that she witnessed whoever this person is that they put in the interim. Right. 
actually emptied the ballot bin and so therefore it was compromised. Now you have a superintendent who's stating that she is confident that this entire process was conducted with full integrity and transparency. No, it's not because you have election laws and you have processes right. uh, that must be in place. And it definitely appears that those ballots have been compromised. Any compromised ballot must be voided. It's right. a spoiled ballot. That's right. That's not just for Refer. That's everywhere. And why is she inserting herself? She, she has, has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with, the, it. with elections. Yes. You guys are in sync with your messaging <laughs> yes. here today. So you want you guys want Jocelyn Benson, our, our great Secretary of State, to come in and, and conduct an investigation. Well, they actually came in that day that the clerk and the deputy clerk were removed. Um, I guess just to. Uh, take note of what was the process and what was taking place. So we're asking them to not only do conduct a full investigation into the compromised ballots, but also we would like to know what they observed. They were there that day. That's really important to get some type of affidavit statement from the Secretary of State representative that came from Lansing that day mm -hmm. that came into the office. That's important. And as you well. guys don't know any of that yet. No. no. But I mean, what I mean. <sighs> What could have happened? Who's going to bring in 3,000 fake absentee ballots and lay them at the doorstep of Redford? I mean, is that even a thing these days? Is that How do you yeah, but cheat? The but the I don't know. How do you cheat? So absentee ballots. Well, we're not evil, so we don't have the okay, right answer for you. What, what we're saying is it's been done before. In Jim Crow in era, then the Jim Crow era, that's what they did to black votes. That's how they do. That's how they do it. We're not going back to there. We're not going back to slavery. We're not doing any of that. So, I mean, 3,000 votes have been compromised before and uh, dropped on the doorstep. That's This is not new. But in 2020, in the middle of the day after the election, we're not having it. How, how many votes did you, are they saying you lost by? 1,100, like 1,100 votes, which doesn't even add up. They came up with over 3,000 votes for her. And they said that that means that she was 2,000 votes behind me when I was declared the winner and now she's a thousand votes ahead of me do we do, were those 2,000 ballots that uh, deputy clerk Tina Recow uh, were those counted do we know we don't know we, we don't, don't know. know and those were the ones that were we, compromised we, somehow well I tell you what we have not seen any documentation mm -hmm. that they've spoiled uh, over 2,000 ballots so I would say yes uh, whether those actual ballots were counted or there were some other ballots put in place to be counted, which we've dealt with that for quite some time mm -hmm. in the city of Detroit. Mm -hmm. We don't know which way it happened, but we do know that there are 2,000 um, ballots that should have, that were Over compromised 2, 000, yeah. and they should be spoiled. And also um, um, the deputy clerk, uh, the the city clerk, they have not been allowed to speak on this. I mean, we've been raising sand since the second this happened. Um, you can't disenfranchise that many people and expect to just let it slide by unless you believe you got some kind of privilege. Um, they said they mailed out 10,000 ballots about and got about 8,000 ba ballots ba back. That has happened nowhere, period, in this coronavirus era, let alone in, in the days before in the years before coronavirus. So they're saying 80% of the ballots came back. That means 80% of the people they sent, nobody has those kind of numbers. We, this Even was a primary. Even with an uptick during the corona, yeah, this we was do a primary. there's going to yeah. be an uptick yeah. in absentee yes, ballots. But not we like understand that. that. But if you go across the whole country, people were looking at 25%, maybe 30% um, um, return. 80% anywhere? 
No way. That's a lot. That's a lot. So you you have support from the Black Slate, Michigan Democratic Black Caucus, Dignity for Detroit, Detroit Coalition for Peace, the People's Action Coalition, National Action Network Detroit, Council of Baptist Pastors. Pastors. You have lots of good support. Church of the Uh, Messiah, Barry Randolph. So why do you think there's been such a fast and and fierce response from all these organizations? People understand what's at stake. What's Mm -hmm. at stake? Um, This is bigger than this uh, particular election. But when you talk about stealing an election, whether it's from a small township or from a large city, that means that we have voters out here and their votes aren't counting. And we're up against a huge feat. Uh, the majority of residents in both uh, Detroit and, and some in, in Rufford, they're Democratic. And we know what we're facing for the November election. I mean, to have elections to be stolen, and then it also frustrates voters. It compromises yes. the work that we do on a day-to-day basis. We're always encouraging people to come and out and still, vote. And if still their doing. vote's not going to be counted, and if their vote is going to be compromised, then what does that say? That will, in turn, send a message to people that it's no purpose in them voting. And if the vote supposed it's supposed to be sacrosanct, well, up there with Jesus Christ and Buddha, and uh, we we push that every day, and for and to let these people come in and steal one vote, everybody today. Um, Three or four of my opponents stood with me. They, uh, there are people that ran in uh, Redford that stand with me, and they're filing complaints as well. In fact, three of them went to the police department and said a crime was committed. There's a police report as of yesterday. So what's the next step? The next step is uh, we hope that this full investigation that has been launched by the Secretary of State, uh, which now has been moved up to the director for the Bureau of Elections, we're hoping to get a response quickly about that. So that will only address the compromise ballots. Then August the 18th is next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That's when the Wayne County Democratic uh, Board of Canvassers actually certify the election. Once the election is certified, then uh, Brenda Hill can put in for a challenge where we have a recount. So recounts next and yes. litigation potentially after that. And, you know, well, if we if we comp, if we find out if we get proof and, and a determination that these votes have been compromised, then she goes back to being the winner right now to us. She is the winner. Lansing has already called called her to come up to begin her process for orientation, she is the winner. And I'm gonna tell you, Lansing never contacts you without making sure that the majority of precincts have been counted. They contacted her because she's the winner of this election. Brenda Hill won. So the million dollar question is, where did these 4,000 extra absentee ballots come from? Yes. And who delivered them? You think that uh, uh, Mary Kavanaugh miraculously uh, came up with four thousand extra votes and, and delivered on their doorsteps? Um, I think and- the Kavanaugh machine did it. She she may be, just be a pawn in it, and she's got she's taking advantage of it. But she actually ran her race like she'd already won. She ran no race. So she, you think she was, she knew she was going to win? Yes. What is she? Who is she? We don't. She nobody. She's a, she's a daughter of Phil Kavanaugh, granddaughter Phil, of Jerome Kavanaugh. When and, Phil Kavanaugh left the state seat, I believe he went to work with uh, Bob Facano at the yes. time, and then now he's working with the Wayne County Treasurer's Office. I mean, he definitely has a uh, some roots in politics and Detroit politics mm-hmm. as well. Uh, he knows uh, a lot of ins and out and integral right. parts to campaigning and making uh, elections that are not in your favor somehow become in your favor. We understand that this is within his wheelhouse, not necessarily his daughters, 
uh, but he wants her there. He has and more passion about it than, than she does, and that's clear to everyone. And she, we were in a couple of screenings, and she she opted out. She came along, came on and said... said she had a bad day. She's not going to participate. A bad day. She's just going to listen. <laughs> so who's Brenda Hill, and why do you want this job, Brenda Hill? Well, first of all, um, I'm Brenda Hill. But what's and, your and background? Google me. Google I, me. I, well, and I don't I'm have time for listen, that. Tell me who you, you are. If you Google me, I'm sitting there two rows, two, two people down from uh, Mother Teresa. That's actual. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll do that. Yes, but but, but, but however, I'm uh, I'm a real community leader. I, I, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, it's been 11 years, and uh, my son, who I adopted. Um, um, was murdered in Detroit. He was mm. 22, about to graduate from college. He didn't even have a parking ticket, along with his friend, uh, Melinda. She was 19. He was walking her and her friends to her car. And two guys came along, and they say he they were trying to carjack him. He got a bullet in the back of the head for it, and she got uh, shot in the chest. I'm so sorry. And uh, uh, two, horrible. Yes, and two college students. And I was standing in my living room waiting for somebody to call me. Detroit has 5,000 churches, um, as many uh, community groups. The police didn't call me. Nobody called me. Mm. And I had to say, you know, what am I going to do? I thought that Detroit loved their children. Uh, these were the best and brightest, not because they, uh, you know, they were mine. Uh, nobody came to help. And I had to help myself and help other people not to be me. Every day I wake up before I take uh, my first conscious breath, I have to remember Brandon does not breathe. I want nobody mm. to be me. And then I saw that the streets were running red with the blood of our children. And I had to do something. And so eventually um, I had to quit my job because I I asked the chief of police, several seven chiefs of police in Detroit. We had seven police chiefs in seven years. You know, they barely can handle what happens on their watch. They're not going to care about what happened on someone else's watch. And that's what I had to deal with. And I'm vocal. Actually, I'm very shy. But I had to uh, get up and, uh, and do it. And there are people out there that can't speak like me. And I have to save them and work for them as well. I found uh, several murderers, several rapists, said all of that. But I have not found the people who did this uh, to Brandon and Melinda um, and so um, in that I had to give myself over to this work and um, that's what I've been doing I'm not just a community leader I'm a leader of the community when the cameras aren't on and the people aren't watching I still do the community work I'm glad I asked that question thank you for sharing your story it's it's heartbreaking and mm -hmm. uh, I have a 20 year old at home and I, I you know I, that is a really sad story so I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but thank you for sharing. And uh, I hope you guys get to the bottom of this election. We all want, um, you know, transparency with our elections. We want the person who was voted to be the the one to win. We, you know, we got a big election coming up in yes. November. And we mm -hmm. want, you know, we don't like to hear stories like this, do we? No. We yeah, want no, we the don't. elections to go off without a hitch. We want fair elections. We want fair elections. So I hope you guys get to the bottom of it. Please uh, call me. Let's let's do this again when we, when we get to the truth. You're already part of the family. Uh, well, <laughs> you mentioned that uh, you, you were... Uh, kind enough to send clients to us in the yes, past and, yes. and they had good experiences yes, i hope absolutely you know thank you for doing yes, that yes when i see you running down the street i say you're running after that, my nephew that's my, <laughs> well thank you both for being thank here you. it was a real pleasure to meet you yes both. Thank, thank you so much thank you
Thank you for watching another episode of Open Mike. I'm Mike Morris. Today we had Nicole Small and Brenda Hill talking about how the 10th District House race was stolen from Brenda Hill, according to Brenda and Nicole. If you like this episode or you know anybody into politics, forward it to them. Subscribe to this podcast, comment, like, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.